Hello, and welcome to Between the Lines. I'm Esther Hatch, and I'm here with Sarah M. Eden, Tracy Hunter Abramson, and Sean Ann Bissey. And I am excited to be talking today about one of my very favorite subjects, something near and dear to my heart that um, I really just resonate with a lot lately, and that is work-life balance. <laughs> so, um, for whatever reason, this is something that is extremely hard for me, and therefore I like to talk about it. So that's what we're going to do today. Um, first question, uh, how are you all doing with your work-life balance lately, ladies? <laughs> the silence is very revealing. Um, when I first found out we were going to be talking about this, I felt really called out <laughs> and then decided I probably would just cry through the entire episode just to weep in sorrow for my lack of work-life balance yeah sorry guys <laughs> and once and once Sarah has finished I will ask her to pass the tissues so that I can join in the weep fest this is probably one of the worst times first to be having this conversation because I feel like I'm about as out of balance now as I ever have been. <laughs> but I'm hoping that by the end of this episode, I will feel new direction. <laughs> I'm feeling like such guilt all of a sudden. <laughs> I, know what, I know what you're feeling. I know what you're feeling because it is so hard and I don't actually really believe in balance. We're still going to talk about it because I think we have to try <laughs> a little bit, but like it just, I don't really believe in it. I don't really believe we can be totally balanced. I think there's times when some things are more important than the others. And it's not that they're more important overall. It's just that at that specific moment, that's the thing that right. needs to be right. done. So I am also terrible at this and <laughs> um, I don't know how to fix that. Yeah, it's kind of a balance, that. what's that kind of question? Like, really, what does it look like for real? I, I don't yeah. know the answer. Yeah, yeah. And um, I just really feel like we have to do our very best. And I think it was, sorry, I should have asked you guys before. I think it was Elder Bednar did like this talk. And he's a, an apostle for a church. But um, he he talked about balancing plates and if you're spinning a bunch of plates and you're trying to balance all of them all exactly at the same time, it doesn't really work. Really. There's just always one plate that is about to fall and that's the one you have to spin. So mm -hmm. um, that's definitely when I heard that it was actually very life-changing to me because I think up until then I did believe in like this mythical someday everything will be balanced and my family will never feel like I'm ignoring them. And my work will never feel like I'm not getting things done on time. <laughs> but, but now I've just kind of come to realize like this is kind of as, as good as we get. Um, but for authors, I, maybe this is because I am an author, but I feel like it's especially hard. Um, and why do you guys agree? And like, why do you think for authors, this can be a, a big challenge? It obviously is a big challenge for us based on the weekend. Since all of us are going. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yes, if you're going to do a poll of four and we're all on the same page, then yes, it's a problem. Um, I think I think there are a lot of reasons why, and I'm sure we'll discuss some of them today. But 
I think one of them is this is not the type of job that you clock in at eight and clock out at five and you just leave it behind. Uh, and I know that there are quite a few jobs like that where, you know, you bring work home with you or, or you're thinking about things. But, um, but when we're on deadlines or we're immersed in a story, it's really hard to pull out um, and to do other things because, because it isn't something that you clock in and clock out of, I don't think. Right. One thing that I've noticed, especially in recent, uh, recent years, as this has become more and more my career, is um, there's, that, there's the numbers game pressure in publishing. Like, you know, if, if you're working on a series and you want that series to continue to sell well, then your books need to be coming out at certain intervals and close enough together to keep the momentum going. So there's the pressure to get a book done in a certain amount of time. And um, what you're doing now, the work you do now impacts your income two years from now. And so there's that feeling of if I don't get it done now, then the consequences of that are going to be felt down the road. And and mm-hmm. like for me, my um, writing income pays for the medications that keep me alive. So there's this feeling of if I slack off on my work, what does that mean for my ability to survive <laughs> two or three years from now? So it's easy to get really in your head about if I'm not working constantly or working as hard as I possibly can, then there are going to be these consequences. And so there's this feeling like you have to keep going because if you don't, everything will fall apart. How much of that is anxiety and how much of that is reality is up for debate, but it's there. And that I think can, can really mess with your ability to balance how you're spending your time. And I think it's mm-hmm. really common for people to feel that way. But, yeah. And it's also like, we all live in a fictional world a lot of our time and it can be hard to come out of that. Like, it's like, okay, in my fictional world, I mean, in my case, I'm often like dealing with guns and bombs and stuff. You guys are sometimes dealing with like clothing that I don't even know how to pronounce. So (laughs) it's like, and then you come into real world and it's like, you guys have a microwave and it's like, you know, that didn't happen in the 1700s so, or 1800s or wherever you guys are at the moment. I, I think Sean's been in Viking times lately. Yeah, they but definitely didn't have mi- microwaves. microwaves then. No microwaves. <laughs> so, but it's like, you know, there's, it's, it's a difference. But also there's, there's story ideas everywhere. So even when we go and do something like, you know, you go on a trip or a vacation. And I remember seeing a comic one time. It was like three female three women writers on a on a vacation and they're like I, this is great and they're like I bet I could do this and one of them's like twisting a plot in their head and another one's like you know I could do this with my story and they're all literally thinking about the next book they're going to write and that's kind of what I think happens is you know beware to our friends like you have no idea where you're going to pop up in a story I'm just putting that out there <laughs> yeah I think definitely what you said really resonates with me about this feeling of like stories are everywhere and they're also always like coming into our brains and I feel like it's kind of mean to the people around us sometimes <laughs> that we're not fully present maybe because there's always a story that being written in the back of our minds um but I also think that's kind of a cool thing about our job is um we love that right like I mean like I love when like a story pops in my head or I love when like characters having a conversation. I'm like, I have to go write that down because this is such good stuff. (laughs) So, I mean, I think it's an advantage. Like we're there because we love it. Like our brain is there because we love it. 
but it also is hard for, I think those around us that, that we can't, like Sean said, clock out at the end of the day. Um, and I also think just the balance part of making sure I get my work done and life encroaching on that is, um, I think it's very easy to feel like I have my whole day free and therefore, yes, I can go to lunch with these guys and yes, I can, um, go help at the school and yes, I can do that. And then I recently had to step back and say like, I am a, I'm actually a working person. I have a job and I need hours where I have to say no and and no I'm not available and it is tricky for people sometimes to believe that which I mean like I think for the most mm -hmm. part if you explain it really well they they really do and they feel bad you know what I mean like I'm not trying to call anyone out but sometimes that's hard for me when I'm like I have to work and I think there is a little bit of this feeling of like but do you know I mean you're an author you're like you can work anytime you want. <laughs> exactly. yeah well I mean like I I know they understand that writing a book is hard I think it's just like the flexibility of it that right. it, it, it tends to be like, well, but you don't have to work right now. And, but if you get mm -hmm. enough of, you don't have to work right now, you'd never right. work. Get anything done. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So do you have tricks or rules that you set for yourselves that help keep your life balanced and what are they? How often do you break them? <laughs> I, I'm just curious. So I think for me, I have, I actually, cause I, Esther, exactly what you were talking about, I was going through, especially when I had kids at home and in school and stuff like that. And I finally got to where I was like, you know what, I am treating this like a job because if I don't respect my work, then nobody else will either. And I remember the first time I said something about, well, I need to work. My husband's like, well, don't call it that because you know, stop having fun. I said, I'm not going to have fun, uh, stop having fun, but I am going to call it work because otherwise nobody else will see it as that. And they just assume, like, I can say this is how many days it's going to take me to probably write a book. But I can't say that if I'm going to let everyone else choose how my time is going to be used. So it's like trying to keep that balance. I'm, I am lucky. I do work out while I'm working uh, writing. And so I combined that part of my day. And my family has come to understand that, okay, mom's on the treadmill. Don't go talk to her right now unless it's kind of like somebody's bleeding. Um, okay, so sometimes I still interrupt. But I try really to be like, is a Band-Aid required? Because I'm in another world right now and it is not including you talking to me. But it's like, but they have gotten where we know that my morning is is pretty much my writing time and drafting time. And then if, and I'm more flexible in the afternoon where I'm more likely to be doing marketing and or trying to get maybe just extra words in or something like that. But I also do like, this is how many words I'm going to try to accomplish today and things like that. And, but then if my family's in town, or, you know, kids are home and stuff I'm like, okay, guys, I'm going to be working from this time. And then this time, you know, if you guys are playing a game or we're going to watch a movie or something, then I'm going to try to make your priority. And I break rules all the time, but I try really <laughs> hard to at least have some like stability in it. Yeah. So I have never understood how you write on a treadmill until <laughs> this moment. Because I'm like, hey, if I was on a treadmill, I don't think people would interrupt me. <laughs> I think they'd be like, oh, she's busy. You know, but for some reason, sitting in my lazy boy, they think I am available. <laughs> so maybe, I secret. To, maybe I'll just start a real slow walk and see, see if I, I can do that. Um, since all of my children went to school, I have tried a lot harder to write while they are at school and do my work while they were at school, um, which seemed like such a good idea when I started. Because before that, it was, I'm writing in the middle of the night. I'm writing, you know, during naps. And it was so hard. And I will say, like, it, 
it was it was uh, not as easy as I thought to make that transition um, because of just the time management part of it. As um, most people are busy during the day still, even if they have all their kids at school <laughs> and there's still the grocery shopping to be done. And and I guess I didn't realize all the things I did when I had that time too. And so that's still been tricky to do. And then I feel kind of guilty when I'm not doing it. So it is one of my tricks is I feel like I've been better at saying like, these are my work hours while my kids are at school. But then I, the trick about that is then when I have to work late at night, now I feel guilty about it, which I didn't before because that was all the time that I could work. So I don't know. Right. We are, I think the takeaway is we're very good at feeling guilty no matter what we do. (laughs) Thank you. So maybe part of the rule, the rules we ought to have for ourselves is to let go of a little bit of that. Um, I have, since my, since the time when I had all my kids in school done kind of what you've said, where I've set like some hours, like this is when I'm working, but the last few years, the difficulty I've run into is those hours are feel, filling up with the non-writing part of writing, it's answering emails, it's scheduling edits, it's talking to libraries and conferences about events, and it's creating social media posts and answering social media questions and um, putting together launch teams and all of the things recording a podcast (laughs) recording a podcast exactly exactly so you're doing the things you're supposed to be doing and you are working but you aren't doing the writing part of working which still has to get done Mm -hmm. so all of my work hours fill up and I still haven't written anything so now I'm still working at night too and so that throws everything off so one thing I've been trying to work on lately is being better at giving myself reasonable <laughs> expectations. Last year, I released, I ended up releasing eight um, books last year. Yeah, the, all the ladies are shaking their head because it's ridiculous. That's I will have seven this year. It was going to be eight, but then I hurt myself and something had to be moved. But <laughs> I had a moment in the doctor's office after I hurt my wrist, and we were talking about the possibility of needing to do surgery, physical therapy, and I told him, I said, I don't have time for any of that. And he said, well, guess what? You're going to make time because your body's going to force you to. And I had a moment where I thought, if we don't have time to even take care of ourselves, everything is off. So I've been trying to do better about saying, this is what I can reasonably do. Not, this is what I can do if I pack in every single hour that I can possibly commit to it. So I've began intentionally underestimating what I think I can accomplish because it usually turns out to be just about right. (laughs) And I'm trying to get better at saying no to things. And that's really hard because you don't want to, and you want to be active and participate, but we just, we don't have time to do everything. So that's what I've been trying to do. Be more reasonable with myself and learn to say no. And they're both proving really, really difficult. I think it's, it's until you're an author, maybe if you've been around authors, it's, it's hard to understand that feeling that you were talking about, this feeling of like, no, I, I can't do that. I have too much on my plate. I have books that need to be written and books take a long time to write. You can't just stop for a long indeterminable amount of time. I still remember Jeanette Rollison like a year ago or something. I can't remember what she had happened, but she thought she was, oh, I I do remember it. I won't share it, but like she thought maybe she was going to die. And she was like, and of course my first thought was the books that I still need to write. And I remember reading that and thinking that's the saddest thing I have ever heard, but I also understand it 100%. (laughs) Like you are committed, like you're starting, you're in the middle of a series, you're, Mm -hmm. I mean, there's just, and like, but that shouldn't be people's first thought. (laughs) It shouldn't be. 
So something it, about this yeah. work messes with your mind. <laughs> it really, it really does. And I feel like um, it's so hard to step away from our work and live our lives and see what's yes. the most important. And, and um, if we don't though, I feel like it also affects our work because we have to be living lives to write the human experience. Like otherwise, how do you do that? So um, I kind of want to end with a twist on a question that sometimes I think people get asked, like, how does life impact your work? Um, I want to ask, how has working impacted your life in positive ways? Like um, things that have enhanced our real lives because we have written. So any ideas on that? <laughs> You know, I think a lot is the friendships. I mean, it's like, you know, we're writing these fun relationships and things like that with our, you know, with people looking for love and, you know, looking for family ties and, and that kind of stuff. And, you know, our family lives are so crucial to us. And that really, a lot of times we're sharing our happily ever after knowing that, you know, in a, just in a different format is, you know, what we want people to have that happiness and joy and things like that in the end. Um, but, you know, like all of you guys, it's, it's wonderful sitting here. And even as we're commiserating and having our little guilt test, <laughs> it's like, you get it. You know, it's like we have our other friends that we absolutely adore and they give us so much depth of, like I said, you know, we're always looking for new ideas and like different careers. We could ex explore so many different things because we're writers. Anything we think we could would want to do, we can do. We just have to do that terrible thing that re Sarah likes that research thing you know, <laughs> and then we can be anything and we can do anything. So anyway, I think, and I'm sure I'm not the only one who does this, but do, do y'all ever give your characters problems that are kind of your problems? <laughs> like either it's a character flaw you're working on or a life issue. And while it's maybe not identical, it's really similar. One unexpected benefit I found from writing is that I work through some of my own issues by putting my characters through them. <laughs> Where I'm like, hmm, this person is not dealing appropriately with the trauma she has experienced in her life. Let's see how that messes things up. And as I'm writing it, I go, oh, I probably need to go back to therapy because you're realizing <laughs> that you too have these same problems. So that's been a very unexpected, like real life benefit of writing. I feel like I'm learning a lot about myself as I write about characters who share some of my um, quirks and issues. That's so funny. Um, I think we all, we all really appreciate our friends and family. And, um, and so it's fun when, because they have to sacrifice too, you know, when we're caught up in our work, it does take us away, even if it just means that, they have a can of soup for dinner instead of a meal because you're working on a deadline. But um, I, I recently found a silver lining for my extended family. Um, and that is um, I have a, a teenage nephew who apparently has several friends who are Esther, Tracy, and Sarah, huge fans. And <laughs> she found out that his aunt knows these people really, really well. And so he suddenly gained all these fabulous teen cool points. <laughs> and, 
And I am now the cool aunt, which is also great because I'm not really cool in any other way. Uh, <laughs> and so that has been a fun benefit of writing is to share my friends with my family and, uh, and see how excited they are about that. That is a fun perk. Like, uh, yeah, I just had a recent experience where I like text an author after someone mentions them to me and then show them, look, 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 I'm writing to that person (laughs) that you just like gushed about their book. And I feel very cool. Um, I think um, one of the things when I started this career, uh, I started it in the middle of a child that had been very sick for a lot of years. I am sorry always crying. Um, and I had been sitting around a lot. Um, I was nursing him all the time and always watching TV. And um, I came to this point where I was just exhausted. I wasn't sleeping because he wasn't sleeping. And and I don't say that metaphorically, like we literally didn't sleep for a few years, um, not for more than an hour or two at a time. And I was just too tired to do anything except sit around and watch TV or scroll the internet or things like that. And I remember thinking at one point, if I am too tired to get up and get out and do something, I want my kids to see me do something productive while I sit. So maybe I won't do the treadmill, Tracy. (laughs) 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 But I could, I could. Now I'm probably on that point now. I'm sleeping again. He's doing so much better, which is such a blessing in so many ways. Um, but it was kind of an interesting thing for me that this was a way I could do it. And as tired as I was, I could find something where I could say, look, I'm not just wasting time when I'm tired. I'm, I'm actually working. I'm doing something. I'm going to leave something for you to read when I'm long gone. And, 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 and that's been like a blessing for me to be able to find something that I could do at that time in my life. Um, and have my children see me working, actually. So, well, thanks so much for joining me in this conversation. I didn't know I was touching quite so many nerves, but I probably should have guessed it. Um, (laughs) For those of you listening at home, I'm curious how you feel about work-life balance. If you find it as hard as we do, or if you don't, would you let us know what career you have? We are very interested. Um, <laughs> We're ready to change. <laughs> and um, thanks again for joining us, and we'll see you next time on Between the Lines.